Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is your Open Championship preview. I'm your host, George Ellick. I'm delighted to be joined by Odds Checker's golf tips and null lines as we look ahead to this weekend at Royal Liverpool at Hoylake, of course, where Roy McIlroy's uh, Open Championship came from. I think when he lifted the claret jug, we wouldn't have anticipated that the following decade or so would happen. But that was 2014. This is 2023. And who tops the market? It is, of course, McElroy after his win in Scotland to the Scottish Open last weekend. Niall, you're wearing the gear. You got your Open, um, what do you call that? A kind of, a, what is it, like a quarter zip? Can we call it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never really thought about the zip. Oh, I think I think it's a quarter zip is what is what some people call it. But oh, yeah, um, never never heard anyway, that before. Picked up at Royal Port yeah. Rush, looking looking good in it. Um, looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, I can't wait. It's my favourite, as you know. It's my favourite of the four majors, and yeah, it should be cracking. It looks like we've got some favourable weather, uh, some showers in between sunny spells. I don't think it'll get too windy. Maybe fifteen twenty mile an hour at worst. To, to keep them honest at various times across the week. But no nightmare weather, and I don't think it'll be as bad as what it was in Scotland last weekend either. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, maybe softer conditions as well. Maybe suit probably the best players in the world as well. Less volatile results, but, yeah, it's great. Final major of the year. It's always a sad time, I think. You know, Wimbledon ending at the weekend and, you know, the, the final major finishes here now too. As a kid, I always got you know, really down about that. It, it spelt kind of the end of the summer as well. And as an adult, I still feel exactly the same. <laughs> well, it's not long to wait until Friday, the 4th of August, when, of course, the championship season gets back underway with a game between Sheffield Wednesday and Southampton. So we don't have too long to wait until the real sport starts again. Uh, I jest. I also um, find it very difficult to... It happens too quickly. You know, I feel like the night before the Masters, I'm like a kid before Christmas... And then suddenly it's it's back to being over for the year again. But we've got one last and what I made to have as well. You mentioned the um, the conditions and we'll do that first. We'll talk about the conditions, we'll talk about the course and then we'll look at your selections before kind of going through some of the big players we haven't spoken about yet. And as you say, the forecast is kind of at the moment a bit of an odd one for an English summer. I mean, it, this is kind of a flat English summer before global warming happened where it's the temperatures are in like the mid to high teens. It's not going to be hot. Um, there is scattered showers and scattered sunshine, so we're not really sure what it will be like when the players are playing. It feels unlikely the course is going to be particularly linksy because even though we're seeing dry conditions, we are seeing some rain around in the area. Um, you know, it doesn't also look wet enough that it's going to be target golf. I don't think it's going to get you know really damp and it should dry out in the morning as these links courses often do. So, is it a case of it's not going to be particularly linksy. It's not going to be um, like we saw last year at St Andrews with the ball rolling absolutely miles, but it's also not going to be um, proper links conditions where it's going to be windy and wet. So you just have to pick players on their merit rather than necessarily looking for, for horses for courses. Yeah, I think it'll just play like a standard open championship test, a, a standard yeah. links test. Uh, I don't think we're looking at over anything overly uh, stressful about the weather you know, I think it's just, I think you have to ignore it at this stage, really. I don't think you're looking for any uh, real links, you know, wind specialists, so to speak. You know, mm. you know, I had blowed so hard when uh, Darren Clark won, for example. I don't think we're looking at anything like that, and I think it will be softer. Uh, the course itself, 
there's very strategic bunkering off the tee. I think there's, there's been a, a fair amount of bunkers replaced since 2014 as well. Uh, McElroy kind of flew a lot of them when he won. Uh, he, I think he ranked first in driving distance that week. And Tiger Woods, obviously, when he won before that at Hoy Lake, only used the driver once throughout the week. So I think the same still applies. You need to uh, you need to manoeuvre your way throughout the course and avoid those fairway bunkers. Even was seen last week, especially with Terrell Hatton, who, who we had backed uh, when he entered those fairway bunkers, which he did plenty throughout the week. You know, it's just a drop shot immediately, and the same same will happen here. There's six out of bounds uh, areas off the tee here as well to contend with. Uh, the third hole in particular, which will be an exciting and great watch, I think, where they have to kind of tee across, the ball goes across the out-of-bounds. Uh, but yeah, we'll see plenty of balls out-of-bounds throughout the course of the week. And it's those who can control their ball flight, control their distance. Off, I think off the tee especially will be important. If you find them fairway bunkers throughout the week, you're going to have a tough time. So those in control of their ball striking, uh, as we often see in, in open championships, uh, will come to the floor, I think, and be the top of the leaderboard. What do you make of the the course itself? You know, it's a classic open course. As I say, Roy McIlroy um, winning the, the last open that was held there nine years ago. Um, what kind of a test does it provide uh, in comparison? You know, we, we know that St Andrews is, is often a, a pretty low scoring event. Um, you know, it's, it's very gettable for these players. Um, unlike, you know, for example, we saw Port Rush in the in, in, the, in the blizzards um, in 2019. Uh, what kind of test do you think this provides? I think it'll be simple enough. Uh, not quite as easy as St Andrews, but I think there'll be plenty of birdies on offer here, especially if you find the fairways. Uh, one green in particular, the 17th, the new hole, that's, that's causing a lot of uh, causing a lot of headaches for the players, I think, on the caddies alike. Uh, that'll, prove some, that'll prove to be some fun over the weekend, I think. Uh, trying to keep the ball on that green, trying to find the right areas for the, to get close to the pin. But uh, in general, I think it favours the Bombers. Uh, the back nine is the longest back nine in Open Championship history. I think that'll that'll prove to be quite important uh, across the week. I can't see many golfers uh, who don't hit the ball very far towards the top of the leaderboard here, despite ball striking often being key and, and so, you know, accuracy off the tee, you know, you will need to avoid the fairway bunkers. But at the end of the day, McElroy flew them back in 2014. And I think the winner here will uh, play a kind of similar game and, and hit the ball very long and far and straight uh, to score well. It's interesting because you look through the the scores in 2014, Macro went on minus 17, which again kind of echoes what you're saying about it being a fairly simple test for Open Championship golf. But if you look through the, the top 10, I mean, this was a different era, I guess. So therefore, there were fewer bombers. But, you know, you've got Ricky Fowler and Sergio, um, two shots behind McElroy, Furikin in, in fourth. The Australian duo, Leishman and Scott, we know that Aussies have a very good record in this competition, uh, culminating in Smithspin last year and tied fifth. Eduardo Molinari and Charles Schwartzel in tied seventh, then Debris on Lowry and McDowell, they're in tied ninth. So you've got it's a in my mind, that it's leaderboard, a isn't it? Yeah, I mean it. It, it seems like they're at the likes of of Debris on certainly McDowell, Lowry, 
Schwartzel. I mean, these these are players where short game was was their kind of their, their forte, especially at that time in their career. Looking at Larry. Yeah, exactly. But at the end of the day, McIlroy still won it, and he won it in the game, which you know, uh, a right handful in the game turn up with now. Uh, a very similar game to that, especially the, the two alongside him in the market, the second and third favourites. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I just think it'll, the same will play out. I think the winner will not be the Jim Furyks of 2014, mm. but it'll be the Roy McIlroy. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's have a look at uh, the players that you've put up for selection. I should say, also, I've, I've been lucky enough to play Roy Liverpool uh, a couple of years ago, and it's it's a very, very different links course to, to kind of other open tracks to have managed to play, you know, where you, you think of the likes of, of Ross and George's of, uh, of Birkdale, where it kind of feels like you're heading out into the expanse with only the, the golf course and the sea to divide you. With Hoylake, it's a little bit different where you kind of come off a, a fairly main road. There's a beautiful clubhouse. I mean, it, it's still an amazing track, but it kind of feels more like a kind of links parkland course. If you, if you can kind of understand that, like it's a bit more in- closed you don't really feel the presence of the sea apart from like right in one in one far corner and i was lucky enough to, to play that that new 17th which i think is actually the 15th in, in kind of regulation in, in the members course because they switch around the, the last four holes and it is mega like it's i've never really played a whole lot like it. it's a very weird shot to have to play it's very short and it's and it's straight up a hill and if you miss club by an inch or, or you miss it by kind of 15 yards either side of the pin then you've got to come back up the up the um the valley again so i kind of always feel and we saw it in the you know in the in the pj championship sorry in the us open i always feel like these tricky par threes that everyone gets very excited about normally <laughs> the the pros get there and they actually make kind of light work of it and that might be the case here but certainly as a uh, as an amateur standing that tee, i don't really know what to do but it's a yeah it's, it's a cracking track and then, as you say i think the par fives especially are, are very very scorable and for those who can hit the ball a fair way off the tee that you know the likes of McElroy um, shouldn't really have too much issue getting up into and, and having plenty of eagle chances let alone birdies um, what, what, did let's get in. what did you shoot I I can't remember I know that I got a I, I, I know I made a birdie on what will be the 18 which I think is 16 the way that we play it um, I hit the ball OB off the first tee which was Whenever you go and play a course like that and you do that the first tee it's always hard to kind of uh, bounce back particularly quickly <laughs> um but I, I also bought I bought my driving iron in the um in the pro shop and it's still doing me well so that's all right. Well, I'm playing terribly at the moment. Jesus. Uh, anyway, let's. Um, I digress. No one no one cares. Um, let's get into your selections finally. And it's it's an interesting one because you know I I um, always read your preview columns and I always kind of think I have an idea of where you're going to go and who you're going to put up. Um, you know we chat about golf a fair bit together as well. But I was surprised to see the way that you went about this. It doesn't feel like your standard Nile Lions strategy um, in kind of uh, countdown turns. It's 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 two from the top and three from the bottom, please, Carol. Um, and the the outright, well, you've got two four-point each way selections, which kind of tells you where we're going to go first. And it's two of the top three in the market, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm. Um, firstly, I guess, tell us why this is the way you've gone about it this weekend. Yeah, well... Almost been forced into it. I just cannot believe how short a handful of the golfers are between 16 and 25 to one. Uh, Cameron Smith, for one, we'll go into it later. Of a few negatives about him. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, 
has had numerous chances now in the PGA Tour in the last couple of months. And even though, like, I, I'm not one to point the finger and heavily criticise for this, because at the, at, the, at the end of the day, he's still playing great golf and in tough fields as well. Uh, but he's failed down the back nine to manage, to manage a victory, and I'm just surprised how short he's got. Uh, I think he had 10 or 11 or 12 powers to start with in, in Scotland there on Sunday as well, and kind of looked to be, you know, Francesco Molinari on his way to, to victory uh, at, at the Renaissance, and then just over the final five or six holes was, was just very disappointing once again. Uh, mm. So I think he's quite easily passed over. Uh, Terrell Hatton, you know, he's around a 25-28 to one mark. Uh, again, just slightly short for me. Uh, I liked them last week, but there's a few players added to this field now as well. And uh, got to be a concern don't... as well how Hatton played in contention. Like he, he seemed to hit the front and get kind of idle out in front and then drop back to the back again. Yeah, it was a shame. And I, I think he, he missed a you know a three footer for par around the twelfth or thirteenth, and yeah, I think that really scuppered his chances. But uh, he had a, numerous times over the week where he frittered shots away that he didn't really need to, especially on the Saturday. Two three shots from 17 and 18 on, on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a, that was tough to take. So, uh, again, I think he's quite short. Uh, I think Ricky Fowler's playing some great golf, but I think the kind of links and open narrative around him is, is almost overplayed. I don't think he, uh, he should be this short for... A major championship at this stage, you know, he is playing. He has been playing great all year, but nevertheless, again, I'm surprised at how short he is. So it draws me into the favourites, and uh, McElroy, you know, he's got if he puts well, he's going to be hard to beat. But equally, the same could be applied to Scotty Scheffler, and I think his ball striking over the over the last number of months, which you know everybody knows about now. Is is just going to translate to another victory sooner or later. Uh, as Putin is the problem, it was a it was a it was a problem again in Scotland at the weekend. 63rd on the greens out of the 77 that made the cut. But that was still good enough for third place. That's how good his ball striking is that it just eclipses everyone else at the minute. And uh, I think that's going to be the key to unlocking uh, Hoylake this week. It's, it's going to be the long game. And there's nobody better equipped in the game than, than Scheffler. Uh, I think there's quite volatile holes on the course as well. There's there's really tough holes and then a lot easier holes. And it kind of reminded me of Sawgrass, the way it it's lets up at times as well. And he's got a win there earlier on this season too. So everything points towards him. I think he'll be hard to beat. And if he manages the whole putts, I think he could win it easily. Yeah, interesting to note as well, Scotty's record in the Open Championship so far was a, a tight eight in 2021, um, which, you know, for a rookie, an American coming over to, to to play Open Championship golf for the first time is some effort, and then tied 21st at St Andrews, which again, you know, it's going to be a very, very different um, test in terms of conditions, I think, this weekend, but still uh, a pretty good effort. I mean, you consider his, his major record this uh, uh, year so far, tied 10th in the Masters, where famously he led T to green uh, in strokes gained and was, and was last in the field for putting tied second in the PJ championship third in the US open hasn't finished worse than uh, was it tied 12th in an event since October um, it's incredible in my it? mind there aren't many better you know I, I backed him each way in the PJ championship in the US open and you didn't even sweat the place for a second really um, it's frustrating watching him miss a few putts but 
you know, the fact that you're turning over profit for a guy who is so relentlessly there. Yeah. You know, he, all he has to do is finish. You know, you put him up eight to one, eight places. You know, you've, yeah, there's been there's been, a susta- a, there's been a sustained move on him all day as well. There was names about this morning, yeah. and now you're looking at max eights and fifteen to two and sevens and going even shorter. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off exchange favourite at this. At this yeah, point. I agree. Yeah, eight to one best price you're getting at the moment. Um, you're getting that with a few firms. The, the best place terms you're going to get are eight eight eight, who are eight places. Unsurprisingly, uh, Boyles are eight places and an eight to one, and uh, yeah. Fred, uh, who are the same as well. So you know, there's a few places you can still back in, but it does feel like that is that is going. Even as I speak, eight 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 just cut to fifteen to two. Um, so bet Fred, uh, yeah, eight to one, a uh, fifty eight, and second up, uh, who you put up at. 14 to 1, uh, I think it was, wasn't it? Four points each way again. Um, that is no longer the best you're going to get now. For eight places is uh, 12 to 1 about John Rahm, uh, Masters champion. Uh, yeah, eight places, Bet365, Skybet, a couple of others. Um, you know, he was scintillating Augusta. Uh, unbelievably dominant right in the beginning of the uh, of the season as well. Um, but, you know, I, I guess out of the three, there's no denying that he comes into this not quite with the scintillating form uh, of the top two. Uh, what makes you fancy his chances here? Well, he was quite unpopular when he went into the Masters, despite having won th- three times the season before that. You know, he was 39th in the Arnold Palmer, withdrew, of course, after uh, around at Sawgrass, and then went out early in the match play. So arrived quite unpopular to Augusta, and uh, obviously we know what happened then. And ever since, he's been in better form leading into this tournament than what he was at the Masters. He managed a runner-up at, in, in Mexico. Uh, 16th at the Memorial, Muirfield Village. His ball striking was incredible that week again. Uh, just struggled with the putter. He was one of ranked one of the last players in the field, the last five or six golfers in the field, of those who made the cut in the green. So that result would have been a lot better. 10th at the US Open. Another fine effort. Missed the cut last time out at the Travellers, but he's failed to make the top 20 there in four attempts, so I wouldn't read too much into that event. It's not really an event that would suit him either. It's kind of a birdie fest. Uh, so I think his form coming in is is absolutely fine. Uh, and as I say, I think it's better than what it was coming into the Masters. Uh, he skipped Scotland, which I, I don't know is, is a good thing or not. Uh I don't think it's necessary to play the Scottish Open. You know, he, he chose instead to go to Ireland and he played Bally Bunyan, uh, which would be a great uh, great preparation for this, in my opinion. And the conditions were that tough over the, over this, over in Scotland at the weekend that quite possibly mm-hmm. it, it, it upsets, uh, you know, the equilibrium of a couple of golfers. Seeing this week, you won't have the same conditions to deal with, it looks like. Uh but yeah, I'm surprised he's he's out there around 16.5 on the exchange now, and I'm surprised at that. And if you you look at the bookmakers' prices, 12 to, or 12 to one Ram versus the likes of 20, 22 to one about Fowler and Fleetwood and the likes. Give me Ram any day at 12 to one. Someone who's won two two majors in his last nine attempts. Uh, I think he's just another one who has to be backed. And just the way this market has developed over the last week or two uh it's just rendered the top three in the market in my opinion very backable yeah i agree i mean would you you talk there about the top three in the market obviously scheffler and ram are your two selections did you find it easy to leave rory i mean obviously you weren't going to put all three up but did you find rory the easiest easy to to leave him out of the the staking plan 
There's plenty of scar tissue with me and McElroy, you know, I've landed him a right few times as well. But no, I, I think I think that's you and, and the whole nation. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think you're alone there. So I, I don't know. I, I, I just think Scheffler was arguably, uh, there's an argument there that he should be favourite and it's, it's probably going that way. And I don't quite make Ram close to double the price that McElroy is either. So I think it just favour those two. There's no reason not to be back on McElroy. I have no negatives to suggest whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, I just think the price of the other two dictated where I went, but it was always going to be in the top three. You know, given that you have to think in the last 12 months, if Roy McElroy had parted even six out of 10 on two Sundays, he would have probably taken two majors. And um, it's only going to be a matter of time, surely, before those parts start to drop on a Sunday, like I guess they did at Renaissance, where, he, you know, it was an unbelievable clutch bit of play from an 18. Um, brilliant shot. And then, and then holding a, an all-important part. And I do think for McElroy, seeing that ball drop on 18 in Scotland is going to be huge if he, if he does get into contention on Sunday. Um, three triple-figure uh, selections make up the staking plan here. All of them are uh, one point. I uh, know both two one point each way. The final one, 0.75 points each way. Um, Keegan Bradley, the first selection here. You put him up at 110 to one. Uh, that price is still around uh, eight places. The best you're going to get, that's with 365. Uh, what makes you fancy Keegan here? I think, six, I think it's 16 out of the last 22 Open winners uh, this century have won earlier on that season, either on the DP World Tour or... The PGA Tour. So I think concentrating on some winners at big prices could pay. And Bradley's one of them. Bradley's won twice on the PGA Tour now in his last 21 starts. And yet arrives here at triple figures. Mainly probably because people don't see the Open as a, uh, you know, Iraq was a test for him. You know, it's not somewhere where he's going to thrive. But nevertheless, he's got three top uh 20s and nine appearances in the Open Championship, one of them being uh, at Hoylake here in 2014. Uh, his ball striking has been in tremendous form all season as well, but he brings a short game as well. Uh, he's putting extremely well all year. He was unlucky kind of not to win at the Farmers as well, just pipped there uh, second earlier on in the year as well. So he's had a great year, a great season. The Zozo that he won back in October last year was part of the season, of course, with two wins this season, a runner-up at uh, Torrey Pines as well. Everything's going swimmingly for him, and I think he's just been quite too easily dismissed by the bookmakers and punters alike. And if someone goes and wins, Bradley goes and wins this at the weekend, you'll be kicking yourself that you weren't on at 100-1. to Someone who's won twice in the PGA Tour in his last 20, mm. 20 tries. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, I can't, I'm trying to find the stats as you speak, but I can't find them. But I know that Keegan is um, up there in terms of his foot round one performance compared to the rest of the weekend. So if you do fancy Bradley, it could be worth having a look in the, the first Chan leader market, obviously depending on draw as well. Um, uh, in terms of his, his open record itself, um, you know, as you, as you mentioned, obviously in cracking form um, at the moment, and we've seen him go pretty well. You know, he's he's got uh is it three yeah three top 20 finishes um previously in the in the open championship so uh, uh, yeah three top 20 finishes so even though he's missed the cut a couple of times recently we know that when he's playing well uh he can certainly produce that kind of form uh on the links over this side um, yeah, and, and, of the atlantic can't, can't, can't they usually come in with winning form as well and and he, he only won two starts ago 
Uh, Molinari had won two starts previous. When he won, Spieth won his last start before the Open. Mm. So counting, so just looking at the last couple of events can, can often prove fruitful. And I think just PGA Tour winners at triple prices here are, are worth a hand. Two more. Uh, Corey Connor is another one who's won on tour this season. Um, elite ball striker. Um, how do you, you know, what, what do you, I know he was very popular in, in certain events a couple of weeks ago. How do you feel his game is coming to this? Yeah, I think it's I think it's perfect for an open championship. Uh, he's done well in two open championships here to date. There's two his two, uh, his two Johns here have been top thirty finishes, twenty eighth and fifteenth. Uh, he ranked fourth in strokes gained approach at the Travellers, and then ranked eighth in strokes gained off the tee last week in Scotland. Definitely has the ability, I think, to win a major, and he's gone well on majors before. Three top tens. At the Masters, and obviously, you know, he had good experience earlier on in the PGA earlier on this year in May, where he was in the final couple of groups over the weekend. And I think that's really valuable. That's something I always point to when looking at potential major champions. He won, of course, in the PGA Tour a couple of months ago, uh, winning in Texas, and that's the second uh, Texas Open victory. Uh, of course, an event which is notorious with wins, uh, good ball strikers do well in. And if any winds do materialize or any bad weather here over over the next four days, I think Connors is more than equipped to cope with it. Uh, I'm quite excited about his chances. Another PGA Tour winner, triple figure prices. I'm surprised he's gone that big. I think we've looked at him, you know, in majors earlier on in the season, and you haven't got much bigger than 50 to one. And now he's won, and yeah, he has all he has all the the tools uh, to contend here once again. And just like Tom Kim last week, kind of. You know, another great ball striker who's just beginning to f- find some form. Tom Kim's now half the price of Corey Connors, and it, it just doesn't sit right with me. And I'm surprised that the, the Canadians up at triple figures here. Yeah, for sure. Um, massive price. So many of these players who just seem to have a couple of weeks without sparkling form when they drift to a huge price. Corey Connors is one of those. Uh, and finally, um, I thought if there was going to be someone on the staking plan, the initials were JS. It would be your boy Jordan Spieth, but it's not. It's Jordan, but it's Jordan Smith, who's had a really impressive, you know, I think he's been one of the kind of quiet standout players this season, both on the DP World Tour and over in the PJ Tour as well, uh, when he has come over to the States. Um, Jordan Smith is best price on the Australian grids, 300 to 1, um, but you've taken the extra places and taken the 250 to 1, eight places best there at the moment. That's with Skybet. Yeah, I think this is a really valuable player. It's just that it went so heavy in the staking towards the top that, it, that this is this is maybe worthy of a bit more than a point than a point seven five point each way at two fifties. Uh he won in Portugal last October. That's an event that's always synonymous with good win players. Uh his ball striking efforts, so there's been some really eye catching efforts this season. Third and strokes gained approach at the US Open. Uh he was he shot a four under par around there on the final day, which was only beaten by three others. So a top 20 finish there in the US Open goes with a, a ninth place finish at the PGA back in 2017. So he's only played in seven majors and he's got a top 10 and he's got a top 20. Uh, again, he ranks 18th on approach last week in Scotland. The, that's 18th on approach on a, on a PGA Tour field, a really strong one last week in Scotland. At the US Open, he was third, strokes gained approach. These are unbelievable efforts with the irons. The problem lies on the greens, and he's having real struggles with the putter. 
But nevertheless, this is one definitely worth chancing. He was 12th in Scotland last week. And you look at the likes of Bob McIntyre, who's now about a 50 to 1 shot after finishing runner up there. You know, a couple of weeks ago on the European Tour, these guys were at the same prices. Jordan Smith actually mm-hmm. a, a, a couple of times shorter than Bob McIntyre. Now he turns up at 250 to 1, having done nothing wrong in my eyes. 12th, and 12th uh, obviously, as I say, last week in Scotland. Previous to that, I did back him in Denmark as well. Uh, put him up in the column. He finished 35th. Again, putting poorly, but his putting's got better. Uh, three weeks on the trot now. Uh, well, two weeks on the trot in Denmark and in Scotland. And if he can get into positive numbers, strokes gained on the week, and continues his, his excellent play with the irons, you know, the 251 is a silly price. Maybe one to look to as well in the extra markets, top English, etc., being so heavily dominated by the likes of Fleetwood and Hatton, who I think are too short in the market. And clearly, Jordan Smith is, is too big as well, given what he's done. Uh, so, yeah, maybe one to play in the side markets too. Yeah, interesting. That makes up the, the staking plans. Scheffler, four points each way, eight to one. Uh, Rahm, four points each way at 14 to one. A point each way, Bradley, 110. A point each way, Connors, 100, 100 to one. Smith, 0.75 points each way at 250 to one. I am, I must admit, tempted to fall into the... We're going to talk about a couple of players now. And even though I wasn't going to mention him because you have the, the, the McIntyre trap, where I've never been that interested in backing him before. And I know there's been a, a debate that's raged with a, a mutual friend of ours, Ben Coley, on, on Twitter in recent years about, you know, is the reputation worthy of, of the golfer? But there's no denying that his Open Championship record is is tremendous. You know, he's tied sixth in Portrush on debut, uh, tied eighth in, in 2021, and finished a respectable 34th last year. So three made cuts, two top tens. And he comes into this having, you know, come very close to winning um, in Scotland, an unbelievable run on Sunday. His shot into 18 on, you know, was deserving of winning any tournament um, uh, with just an unbelievable uh, shot in, in close on 18 um, from from basically nowhere. And then, as you say, went very well in Denmark with the top five before that. There's, you know, he's got to be someone who, you, know, you mentioned 50 to one, he is, he's 80 to one uh, with Unibet right now, um, who is going to be popular with punters. But I, I understand the comparison with Smith, but is he not someone that you think could challenge this weekend? Yeah, totally. And I wasn't one who bought into that. Uh, you know, narrative. kind of po- nar- popular narrative at the time that he wasn't as good as what the hype was. You know, I I, I was and still am quite excited about McIntyre. Uh, mm. You know, his long games, you know, exceptional when it's on. He's just a shade inconsistent. Uh, and obviously, he's had troubles with a putter every now and again too. People say he's in a, he's he's one of the best putters about as well. But he had a great putting week last week in Scotland. But he's had his troubles all year with the putter. To be fair. Uh, turned around last week, obviously, but again, I just think he's gone a bit short in the market. You know, he, he's got a great open record, but I think you're looking at that. You're, you're looking at, you know, a, a place here. I just can't see McIntyre go, going going to win it. I think maybe his performance last week would uh, would seduce people into backing him. Mm. You know, at shorter odds, and it just just doesn't quite sit with me. I'd far rather back, you know, Corey Connors at 100 to 1. Yeah. He's won in the PGA Tour this season than Bob McIntyre, who uh, still hasn't won this year. I think there's an interesting thing as well with McIntyre where, you know, if, if his performance remained exactly the same and Rory had, you know, had hit it miles left on 18 and made a five, 
and, and McIntyre wins, walks off the range, you know, with a trophy not having had a playoff, then I can guarantee you there'll be no 80 to 1 pounds, which is yeah. ridiculous. Because yeah. as soon as that win goes in, you, you know, you see that you know, the price being cut across the board. Um, just in case there's anyone else who um, I'm pretty sure there isn't, but now we've been doing this for about five years. And I always say who I've backed. And normally we leave it to the end, but I've backed McIntyre, so I might as well say it now. Um, I also, um, I fancy Bryson again, who, you know, I've seen him, he's been put up by. Um, Jamie Worsley, who's a, a tipster worth worth, um, worth reading all his stuff, is very good. Um, but I just think there's a narrative around him which is just completely wrong now, where he's still perceived as being this wild, um, you know, big hitting. I'm this is past 67 for me player, whereas actually he's just playing just relentlessly solid golf. And you only have to look back to Valderrama, where I'm not comparing the test as being similar, but Valderrama is a, is a course where position off the tee and your wedge game is is of paramount importance and it was only an incredible third round effort from Taylor Gooch that, that stopped Shambo winning that and the two of them pulled well clear of the pack and he's trading like near the 100 to 1 mark on on the exchange you know he, he finished eighth at, at St Andrews last year um you know with these markets I always think you've got to look for, for areas where maybe narrative or just the, the perception of players isn't exactly correct mm. similar to Brits Kepka I guess before before Augusta and, and Bryson seems like, like like that to me coming into this week yeah I don't disagree with her at all and his, his effort that he produced there at Falderama if, if he produces something similar you know the strokes gain stats on the field you, you know that, that there you put that on a PGA Tour it, it wins almost every single mm. week so uh, yeah, I don't agree. I don't disagree with you at all. He comes off, he comes here off his best open finish, as you say, last year, tied eighth at St Andrews. The one thing there is that St Andrews would suit him a lot more. There's a lot more room off the tee, and there's a lot more drivable par fours and things like that. And you've got to plot your way around here a bit more. But as you say, you got to plot yourself, plot your way around Valderrama, and he's playing great stuff. Like he's got, you know, a couple of top fives in, in his last three or four live events of course finished fourth in the PGA so you know there's plenty going for him uh, and as you say he's just not someone you would automatically think of he would contend an open championship but thinking outside of the box like that uh, can often prove fruitful and you get some returns for sure yeah tied fourth in the US, in the US PGA Championship and tied 20th at the US Open so some decent major form as well um, let's go back up to the top of the market and, you know, nice, I'll blow my own trumpet out saying that. Someone I did back last year, Cameron Smith, uh, who won at St Andrews. Um, he's currently 18 to 1 uh, best price. That is with Bet Victor, kind of 14 to 1 market price, 16 to 1 a bit of as well. Um, he's going to be very, very popular with punters again. Um, you know, any idea, I think, that live players aren't, you know, a half cooked, I think, is, is, is done with now. It's not reflected in the market i don't think it's really reflected in the way anyone's thinking um i think brooks kept and just general you know if you look at the leaderboard for the masters um you know it was, it was pretty chocker with, with live players um but smith it was a different test that's Andrews, as, as we've already said um uh, and as ever with him it's all going to come down to a short game if he can contend yeah he's a negative for me if anything i think he's crazy short as well uh my opinion of the live guys is that until someone other than Brooks wins a major, I'll remain slightly skeptical about, you know, how they're going to get over the line. I think I've talked about it loads of times when we preview majors that a recent, uh, a recent effort like in, in a in a big tournament and a you know a cauldron type atmosphere is a huge advantage, and 
I don't think it's a coincidence that Brooks went and won his major after having had one of those in the bank at the, at the Masters. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he failed the first time, but second time around after, you know, a month after having been in the final group at the Masters that he got the job done. Uh, but whilst others come here and haven't played stress-free golf, so to speak, on the live tour, uh, it just doesn't appeal to me an awful lot, and especially around that price, around 14, 16 to 1. I've been reliably informed by his data guy, who uh, Duncan Carey, who's had unbelievable mm. success with, with golfers lately, Norman, the, the latest of them on the PGA Tour at the weekend, that he ranked last in the field in, uh, in greens and regulation that week, that he won on the live tour, which is just absolutely incredible. He said his long game mm. was all over the place. And he was saved by a short game. And that's a huge negative for me. Uh, you could say that, you know, if he sorts his long game out, then, you know, uh, he could easily go and win this, given the state of his short game. But uh, that's a bit alarming to me to hear that. And if anything, you know, I would potentially look to him for, for one of the, to be one of the favourites who could miss the cut if he can get you know, anything bigger than around four to one out there, that, that could be a bet on a side market. Uh, but yeah, if, again, a 14, 16 to one just is of little interest to me. You mentioned there players who have um, come out of the cauldron of, comp- of competing. And even though he hasn't gone to live, you have to think there's similarities, I guess, with what's happened with Ricky Fowler over the last 12 months or so, where his game, um, you, know, you, you go back to last year's US Open where he was, uh, waiting on the range to see if he was going to get in as first reserve. And then he goes in 12 months later as as the leader into Sunday and was in the thick of that cauldron, played with the eventual winner, as tipped up by yourself and Wyndham Clark. Um, and surely would have learned a lot from that. And then, of course, followed it up with his first PGA Tour victory since 2019, just a couple of weeks ago. You, I mean, I, I always think this is true as well. It, it's, it's a bit like in the playoffs, where if you have a beaten finalist and they get back to Wembley, normally you see them put that right. And it does feel like when a you know, when a player has just missed out um, on a Sunday in majors and they're there contending again, there does seem to be that steal there. He's Fowler's clearly playing some of the best golf in the world right now. 25 to 1 he is. Again, sure to be popular. Any temptation for me to back him? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to back him, to be honest, George. But uh, as he, uh, once again, as I said earlier, the price just isn't big enough. Uh, mm. But you weigh up your two options of backing Tommy Fleetwood at maybe a you know a point or two less than uh the the what Fowler is uh, Fowler is a much better option at the price mm. given he just won in the PGA tour a couple of weeks ago as well so he, he just ha- he's a much more accomplished golfer I think than Fleetwood as well I think you know Fleetwood's had many chances even over the last couple of months to land that PGA tour victory and it hasn't it hasn't materialised, and I'm quite disappointed in how he's closed out those back nines. Fowler has every chance of going and winning this Open Championship. He really, really does. There's absolutely no negatives about him. But the big negative for me is the price, and I just can't, uh, I can't get involved. At that, uh, give me Ram at half his price any day, you know. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. And then two players who you know you talk often about players who contended in majors, um, Brooks Kepka and Victor Hovland. Both uh, competed in the, the Masters and the USPJ Championship, and 
you know, looking at um, Hovland in particular, he was playing with with McElroy in the final group um, last year at St Andrews as well. So he's tasted that Open Championship um, competition too. Um, two guys who kind of are wedged in between the, the top four in the market and the rest of the pack. Uh, thoughts on their chances? Brooks, you know, is, is someone who's always going to be there now. He's, he's won another one, but his, his open record isn't great. Yeah, I quite like, you know, Tommy Fleetwood, or sorry, Victor Hovland. I'm obsessed with Tommy Fleetwood here this week. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hovland, you know, has done everything right in terms of those stepping stones towards winning a major. And I was quite disappointed to miss out on his victory couple of months ago. Uh, I backed him a few times this year. You know, we, we were on at the Masters as well. Uh, mm. where he was quite disappointed and then deserted him. Uh, deserted him in the PGA and he nearly made us pay and then got back on in the US Open. Just didn't quite happen. Uh, but winning the Memorial, huge feather in his cap. Uh, and the tie 25th last week in Scotland is just a, a quiet enough appearance going under the radar that... Uh, you know, it's just a perfect preparation, I think. But again, 16, 18 to 1 out there. God, you can just win at those prices, can't they? Like, it's, I, I can't, yeah. don't have any other explanation. I'm just so, uh, you know, I'm, they can win all they like, you know. G- give, okay, me, well, give me, give me eight and nine to one about Shaffer. I'm going to give man. you, I'm, I'm going to give you three players then to close off the show that I think you might have more trouble leaving who are just a bit bigger prices um, who maybe fit more in terms of, of what you're looking to do. Um, Jordan Spieth is 35 to one. Um, that's the best price of the Unibet for seven places. 2019 champion Shane Lowry, fresh off a, a very good week in Scotland, is 33 to one. Uh, best price that is with uh, Bet Victor. And Dustin Johnson is a sea of blue after many people have tipped him, including Ben Coley. He's 35 to one best price with Unibet. I don't think you're going to tell me that you found those three easy to, to leave at the prices. Yeah, Dustin Johnson especially. Uh, I think he's playing sneakily good golf, really. Like, and I included him last year when it wasn't quite popular to include the live golfers. I backed him in the Open last year, and it, you know he went well. Again, it's an Andrews finishing sixth. He obviously spurned a chance the last time it's an Andrews he played there too, but. Uh, Top 10 in his last three events. Last two, played well, Father Ama again. Iron play was quite good that week too. Uh, top 10 at the US Open. It's always one of the things that I look to, that I always harp on about. People are sick of hearing it. But a previous good effort in the last major, and 10th there is absolutely fine. And it could have been a lot better too. His ball striking, Tita Green, he was unbelievable that week and just didn't hold any putts. So, uh, yeah, it, Dustin Johnson certainly... I think when I look to live golfers, especially now, until another one other than Brooks wins it, uh, as I explained there, I've got a few negatives about them. But whenever the likes of Dustin Johnson or Brooks Kapka, I think Dustin Johnson's in the same mold as Kapka that he could easily do it. I think some live golfers would find it quite tough to get over the line having not, you know, uh, having not played in, you know, in, a, in a big pre- pressure situation of late. But Dustin Johnson's one of those guys where uh, he, he's just that cool and he's that he's got that character about him that you know he can just go and win a major championship like that. So yeah, mm. it's no surprise that he's proved popular, uh, especially given you know 
given how, you know, who's the better golfers here? Dustin Johnson or Tommy Fleetwood? And even Ricky Fowler and all, there's a serious conversation to be had that Dustin Johnson's still a fair bit better than those guys. I just think the Lynx thing almost as a word play and what happened yeah, last yeah. week in Scotland, people are getting sidetracked by that and they're proving very popular. Guys that the guys who finished in the top 10 last week and followed out, but uh, they've all shortened whilst plenty of others have drifted and Dustin Johnson's one of them. So yeah, he must have every chance. DJ, that is anything on Spieth and, um, and, and Shane? Shane uh, doesn't really interest me. Uh, I think he's far too short again. Uh, simply a price. I haven't got many negatives against him. Spieth's obviously had his, his injury problems over the last couple of months and he hasn't drifted enough to a back... Uh, he hasn't drifted to a back well enough mark for me again. Uh, going into the Masters, I think he was a much more attractive price than what I don't know he's shorter now, but he was playing much better golf then. I think he was a more attractive option then. And mm. lately he's just had enough troubles to yeah, make me think that there's just better options out there. If Spieth comes back to bite me on the butt, I will be devastated. <laughs> there we go. We'll leave you with images of Niall's butt uh, as we close the Open Championship preview in 2023. Thank you very much for taking the time to watch or listen to this, make sure you subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel so you can find plenty more Odds Checker betting shows as we go through the summer. Thank you very much to Niall for sharing his tips and insight. As ever, uh, you can find his columns up on the Odds Checker site or on the app, which you should download download now for the best prices. Book you up as free bets uh, and uh, plenty of tips, including Niall himself and the place terms, which are all important uh, for golf hunting too. Enjoy the golf. It should be a cracker. I'm looking out for Niall's specials uh, column, which will hopefully be out in the next couple of days. Um, but yeah, enjoy it. Hopefully we flagged up a couple of winners now. I'd love to go through every player with Niall, but sadly we don't have enough time. Certainly not in the Open anyway. But uh, enjoy the golf and please do ensure that you gamble responsibly.